Hello there. Welcome to the Team Building Show for Canadians. I'm your host, Danny McKay. Uh, here at the Team Building Show, it's our mission to create high-level conversations, give you actionable concepts for you to go and implement in your real estate business right away. And uh, before we dive in here and get going with our great guest we have standing by, I wanted to just remind everyone, go check out our website, teambuildingshow.ca. And if you're uh, you're watching it it's not up yet i mean we're on episode four so it's about to be up and uh, we'll have a bunch of our audio uh, shows on there that you'll be able to jump on and uh, watch or listen to anytime you want um also be able to subscribe to our list there so you don't miss out on an episode and you'll also get access to whatever else we're rolling out content wise and uh and all that stuff as the show grows um like our facebook page if you're watching or listening Go check that out, Team Building Show for Canadians on Facebook, and you can uh, subscribe there, like it, so you never miss a show that way, um, as well as on YouTube, uh, iTunes, wherever you're listening to your podcast uh, shows, you can go check that out there as well. So go uh, like or subscribe wherever you can, leave us a review, make some comments, uh, ask for some uh, some specific guests you might want or specific questions you want answered, uh, feel free to jump on and uh Join in the fun there and let us know your feedback. We'd love to hear that as we uh, continue to build out this show. Um, today on the show, we've got uh, Valerie Simino standing by here. And um, very excited to have her because we're going to get into some stuff we haven't talked about yet here uh, on the show, hopefully. So welcome to the show, Valerie. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Super excited to, to have you. Of course, we had um, Chris Knighton, your uh, your partner there last week, who uh, um, your business partner, who we... Uh, talked a lot about your team and night and real estate advisors and what that's all about. Um, you're kind of the, how do you describe yourself and your role in that team? Um, well, if you ask anyone on their team, they'll call me mom. I prefer the title director of operations though. So yeah. Okay. So director of operations, which is kind of the, um, you know, the a little more behind the scenes in a lot of ways, but kind yeah. of the, the kind of person that makes everything kind of come together, I would say, um, I as far as best. the team and, and you kind of yeah. lead out all the other um, backend staff, is that right? And kind of do a lot of the hiring, maybe firing, maybe um, yeah, basically no leading there. Day-to-day operations with the, we have a fully staffed admin team. So just ensuring that we're running systems effectively, they're working well and knowing when to change a system should we need to, taking care of the team on every level we possibly can, making sure that they're supported. Yeah. So what's... um. Can you give us a bit of a background on your, uh, you know, how you got into that role and uh, maybe your experience in the real estate world up to now? Um, yeah, for sure. I don't have a big, interesting story. I worked at the bank for just under 10 years and, you know, they were starting to make changes around how they treated their customers and not in like a terrible way, but just a different direction. Um, leaving more so the relationship on the table too much for me. And so I made the decision to start looking at other options. And I've always loved real estate. I've always loved, and not the ATVs type of real estate, just like how it works, like behind the scenes, how people function, how you get the deals done, that kind of stuff. So I reached out to an add-on Indeed and um, met Susan Corcoran. And it she partnered me up with Chris. And it just, I thought what was an interview turned into be day one. I'm not going to lie. I had an email address set up for me. And started receiving every single email that Chris sent out over a weekend. So I didn't have a choice. I was, uh, yeah. And I've been with Chris for five years. It was the best decision Chris ever made. I didn't have the choice. So, (laughs) and yeah. So for the last five years, we have just been 
just building something really incredible. Just the two of us to a team of 14 now. Awesome. And yeah, I know he mentioned, um, he didn't, uh, he, I think he said it was a couple of days or a day and I don't think he followed the right process maybe for hiring people, but, um, maybe got lucky and it maybe worked out uh, <laughs> in the end anyways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So from two to now 14 people, you mentioned there, what's the, what's that team look like then, um, from, from then and how has it progressed and to what it is today? What are the roles that you have or that so you've had? Yeah, so we have, I started just as Chris's executive assistant. And it was just the two of us. I think we had a buyer agent for a short period of time. Our first hire, again, we didn't follow the model right off the start. I'd like to, I'd like to say we did. Um, we just, we hired a client care and then we built from there. So we realized very early in the game that relationship was so important to us and building relationships with the community. And Chris is very community based. And I, that's one of the things that I love the most about our team. So our first hire outside of myself and, and a buyer agent was our client care, someone to touch our database, do our follow up calls with our clients, stay connected in any way we could. And then we built now we have a fully staffed admin team of four of us. So we have listing manager, marketing director, uh, transaction coordinator, and three successful listing agents and five buyer agents on our team. Very, very cool. So you kind of, your role has kind of evolved from doing all those things, I guess, yourself at one point, probably, yeah. right? To, to kind of leveraging Absolutely. leveraging out a lot of those tasks and those roles. How was, how was that process for you? How did that, um, you know, how were you able to, to th I guess, have that mindset to start with to want to leverage that? And how did that, how did that all go? Was there some ups and downs, I guess, along the way, probably? Oh, gosh, yeah. It was really hard for me to give up certain things because I really enjoyed having every part of the roles. It just, I mean, if I didn't let go, we really wouldn't have grown to where we are today. So the biggest struggle for me was actually accepting as I moved into a director of operations role that I'm not going to be hands on as much with the clients anymore, seeing the files come through because I'm more working on the day to day operations of the team. So that was probably my biggest struggle was the identity as I changed roles, losing a little bit of the connection to the actual client throughout the process. And for me now, I had to look at it this way, the agents and the administrators are my clients. So I service them. And then finding people for the position was very easy. And I'd like to say it was a difficult path, but we had such strong connections with people who wanted to be part of our team. And, and we really lucked out with our hiring, our hiring process. Um, we followed career visioning, which is huge with us, um, as much as we could. And then sometimes we went with our gut and just made the instinct that this is a right hire for us. So what's uh, what's the career visioning uh, thing you mentioned there? I know I kind of mentioned Chris probably didn't follow the, the right <laughs> model, so to speak, back yeah. when he hired you. But obviously, um, things have changed over time. You got a little more systematized. Um, yeah. I, I know what career visioning is. But for the listeners, what is uh, what does that whole process entail? Um, so career visioning is actually a very detailed program to help you with the hiring process, identifying top talent, how to how to go through a hiring process. So that way, either you're feeling it from the beginning and being able to, I'm trying to describe it in, in not such a long way. Um, it helps you develop, develop through the hiring process from start to finish, reference checking, understanding the importance of going deeper than just the typical reference check that we normally think that we should do. Um, finding out people and understanding their motivation for working with us. And to, it's it's definitely a path that you 
that you do throughout this process. Um, for us on our team, we just don't, Chris just doesn't hire <laughs> anymore because he loves everybody and he wants to give everybody an opportunity. And sometimes that's just not always the right way to go. <laughs> so we follow career visioning. We also follow our gut. You just know in the middle of an interview, you just know if that person is going to be long term or if it's not going to work. So I don't know Got if that it. really answered career visioning, Sandy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a whole process, right? It's it's a systematized process to help make sure mm -hmm. that you end up with the right, you know, people, not just like talented people, but people that actually fit with your group, right? And have the same yeah. sort of um, values and everything like that, right? So I think it's uh, something often overlooked, often skipped, even if even the people yeah. that are aware of it kind of skip it. But um, yeah. I'm sure you've seen the value of going through it, at least, at least, you know, maybe not 100% all the time, but at least taking parts and pieces of it. Oh, and, gosh, um, yeah. And seeing how that works out you mentioned kind of resonates with me to be honest that chris doesn't do any hiring does that mean he doesn't involve in the process at all anymore or does like did you have to kick him out of that process or how did that work out he tries to be and like yeah. the guy's wonderful like he has only the best intentions with every single person he comes in contact with um but he would hire just anybody and without going through the process and we like to stick to a system that's why he hired me make sure systems stay intact and for instance, I'll give you a little a little scenario about how his mind works. So we started an ISA process probably about a year ago. We hired an ISA. And I sat down and I said to Chris, listen, please, let's follow the 30, 60, 90. It's really important that we onboard them correctly. He's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I left him alone for 15 seconds with this new ISA. And they were already past the 90-day process just right into it. And, and mind you, it worked. But in the short vision, it's like, why do we have this system? Like, let's use it. So I think, I think I've been kicked out of that process a lot too, personally. <laughs> so I think it's, um, it's something that a lot of probably, you know, realtors running teams and stuff want to go, go, go and get stuff done mm -hmm. probably. And is the time and place for that, right. Where that is important. And there's, yep. there's a time where that needs to be um, put in check a bit. Right. And that's probably where, you know, you and Chris are probably very different people. I'm, I kind of know you're definitely different in a lot of ways. You're probably, yep almost complimenting each other in a lot of ways, I would imagine, right? It works. Yeah. It works because he's taught me how to let go and sometimes go with the flow, which is beneficial. Yeah. So um, going back, like starting out with, with him, I guess doing everything on your own there, what were some of the, the things that you, um, you know, you found that were maybe to where you are today, what would have been some of the biggest, I guess, failures maybe that you've learned from along the way in terms of building out the team that you have now? So definitely the hiring process. That's why it is important to follow a system when you're, you're hiring and not just because, you know, it had nothing to do with Chris just hiring anybody and more so just not utilizing a system properly. So because of that, it set us back a few months in our long term vision and it was hiring the wrong people. They're wonderful people. Just they, it just wasn't a fit for the team. So that was probably I wouldn't even call it a failure. I would call it a learning curve for us. It definitely built our system stronger because of it and understanding the importance of using those systems. And then, I mean, we've had systems that, you know, probably weren't set up for success. I'm a firm believer now, based on the past, when I'm building a system, don't just build it for the moment to accommodate. So for instance, don't just build it for the 14 people on our, now, on our team now, build it for the 25. So giving that space for anybody who comes on, our systems now, it's a sustainable system where we can build it out and it'll accommodate any new hire we decide to bring on. Does that make sense? 
Totally. I think that's a great point. A lot of a lot of teams or uh, you know, people wanting to build out a team, but they, they look for what works today, right? And what, yep. what that model looks like today in your world. But in order to yeah. that's not gonna that's not gonna naturally just grow into what needs to be there two, three, five years from now, right? But if you look with yeah. the end in mind, start with the end in mind a little bit, right? Or at least start with, you know, an, an outlook far past yeah. today, then you end up building what works to that point. And otherwise you're just gonna re you're just always having to reset That's everything. Right. Reset. Yeah. Reset you kind of have to do anyways, anytime. but at least you have, at least you're building towards, you know, what you actually want it to be and not yeah. you know, what it is today only. Right. Yeah. Can we, um, what's, uh, you, you mentioned your, uh, uh, the team is very community based. Um, yeah. is that, uh, how, how do you, how does a team kind of get business and how does that look in general? I, I know you're very, very uh, focused on, um, on the community there uh, where you operate from and then, you know, some other surrounding communities, but you're very almost um, you basically farm one neighborhood pretty heavily. I would say, is that correct? Oh gosh. Yeah. Since day one, I remember there was, when I first started with Chris, this is how much it's growing too for the community. When I first started, we were doing um, mail outs. So, you know, you're just sold and, and the little piece of marketing you mail to your farm area. And we were doing probably about 1200 and I would, those packages would come from the printing company and I would take them and I would coil them up. And I mean, it was the one job that I was like, if there was somebody that could just do this for me, I can't wait for the day that we don't have to ever do this again. And Chris was so excited about these things. He loved the marketing part. He loved that the community was going to get it, that people were hanging them on the fridge or he would walk down the street and be someone like, Hey, thanks for your, for your mail out. I, and I, I feel bad saying this, but I'm going to share it. And it's embarrassing. I actually didn't believe in the mail outs at the very beginning. And three months, I would sit there and coil these bounds of hundreds and take them to the post office. And then we got a call. I literally had a conversation with Chris. I really think we should just put a kibosh on these. I just feel like it's a lot of work and I'll do it, but I just don't know if we're getting any return of investment. We get a call seriously the next day. So Chris is like, ha ha on you, like these do work. So we have now upped that from 1200. This is how much we've grown in our farm area from 1200. We do 10,000 now. And so we were able to take our farm area and really build it out. And one of the things that was really important why we became so community-based is, I mean, and Sandy, you know this, how much we actually, I don't want to say drive people nuts sometimes, but like, oh my God, if I have to see another Chris Knight and sign, or if I have to see Chris one more time, we drive people nuts sometimes. So Chris was like, how do we give back? How do we say thank you for letting us intrude on your life on so many, so many areas? And so we started doing community events. We said one year, pick two things. So every October we do a pumpkin delivery. We went, we started big. We did something like 2,500 the first year and we've small scaled it as we went back, realizing that 2,500 pumpkins is a two day venture. So, and we personally hand deliver them to everybody. We take it to their house with a little handwritten note from Chris, just thanking them for the year. And then we do a huge Canada, Canada day event. We're talking fireworks and just, People book their vacations around this event and it brings in anywhere. I think the last year we counted 3,500 people in attendance at the event, um, live bands, stuff for the kids. And at first it was like never about getting anything back. And now it's just like in the, in the actual day of the event, we were out delivering pumpkins and we had two people reach out for us to come list their home. No questions asked, just got your pumpkin, wanted to call, say thank you. And can you come over? And possibly list our home and Canada day, same thing. Like it's just, it's just good karma. 
and obviously, yeah, it's like puts you puts the team front and center as the ones who kind of make that all, you know, facilitate the whole event. And I know you bring in other vendors and things like that. To, yeah. and, and you raise money for for charity, I believe, or do, yeah. you, you can do so many things around it. Right. And yeah. it's a great way to get your community together. And that what, what community do you farm? Where, where Where is your team even located? I don't even know if we went, mentioned that. Yet. <laughs> no, I don't think we did. So our office is located in Grimsby and we farm heavily in 50 point area in Stony Creek. So that's kind of, Chris lives there. He was, house was like centered, literally smack dab in the middle. I, I swear that's why he built his house there um, in the middle of Stony Creek. And so we've kind of just been part of that community for five years. And so that area, and then we're, you know, we're talking about uh, an hour, give or take from, from Toronto there. Um, yeah. What is the size of that area? Do you know how many houses are in there? Or do you know what that looks like? Well, we're doing 10,000 mailouts right now and we're still not touching every single home in that area. So it's bigger and it's growing every day. We have we have to expand our farm area, obviously, with all the new development that's come around just in that area alone. So I couldn't give you an accurate number on how many houses are sitting in there, but it's but big. But 10,000 is not even cover all of them, right? So there's, so there's no. quite a bit. But you said you started now with uh, back, uh, you know, five years ago, it was more like 1,200. Was that? Yep. Uh, was that a an area that you picked a small 1200 and then it kind of grew just beyond that as yeah. you went yeah as we got bigger and, and as we brought more agents on we wanted to expand it for their opportunity more opportunity for them as well to be known in the neighborhood so we started branching out and that's still that 10,000 is still just covering 50 point in stony creek so we haven't even touched on the outskirts of that yet uh, maybe i'm not sure how much you know about this but when back in the day when chris started there in that area you know i think you came in not too long into his uh his journey there but were there other realtors in that area already doing business and uh, kind of with the name for themselves in the region there? And yeah, it was, it was a competition, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you ask Chris that question, he's like, oh, there's no such thing as competition. And, you know, we're all here for the same greater good. Um, but he definitely did come in. He was new to Canada. First of all, he had come back and nobody really knew who he was. And then all of a sudden this guy's like doing business one house after the other on the same street. So there was definitely some competition in the neighborhood it still is but it's still friendly competition um but he has he's taken over a good chunk of market share for sure i think it's a, a very big chunk i think that was that was, yeah. and, and that's great that's kind of that's what i wanted you to say was the fact there there was there was definitely some competitors there i think of some sort yeah. that were in the world in the space there i think my point in asking that is just the fact that anyone can go in and take over anywhere with the right consistent approach and, right. and giving back to the community right it doesn't take yeah. It doesn't happen overnight, but within maybe a two-year span, if you're consistent, and I think that was maybe the point on the mailers there. As long as it's consistent, if you try it for a yeah. couple months, maybe you're yeah. not going to get anything. But consistency over over time, it just That's starts right. to be like, gosh, again, again, and um, yeah. and then you just like you just know who he is, and by the time you actually think about selling your house, he's at least on the list. Maybe oh, maybe he's, he's always list. not number one in everyone's <laughs> book if they have family or friends or whatever. But they're always they're always at least going to put his mm -hmm. name through their head, right? We had, um, I don't know if this is going to get off top, but right now, but we had a client who we love her. She is now like our VIP, everything we do, she's invited to. She actually called me. It was on a weekend and she goes, I mean, I found my dream home. I don't really care much for Chris. My husband doesn't really like him because he drives us nuts. He's always calling us and dropping off these stuff at our house. And she goes, but you guys were the first person we thought of. So at first we were like, oh, we're flattered. And also we're sorry. I don't know. And now she refers everybody to us. Last year alone, she had. I think we did over $3 million just alone in volume from this particular client, all because of that mail out that wow. I just want it for the record. I no longer bound it's 10,000. That's just not doable. 
I send right. those out and have it done. <laughs> Amazing. That's um that's yeah, that's that's pretty pretty powerful, I think, because it's um a lot of people get worried about that, right? They're worried about getting the negative feedback from that type of stuff. And yeah, I mean, as long as you're doing it with the right mindset and you're pouring into the community, especially with especially now you guys do a great job on the events and 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 facilitating yeah. a great experience for everyone there. I mean you have to be at the, at least on the list because you've right. already given so much value to the community, right? Yeah. It's naturally going to come back. Um, okay, cool. So um, what about, um, let's talk about uh, the different departments and stuff and how they run it a little bit. If, if you're okay with that, you said there's, yeah. there's a few different roles now with the administrative kind of team. Now, yeah. what, what does that look like now? Can you remind us there? Yeah, so we have a listing manager who handles everything from a listing appointment booked to listing appointment, or sorry, um, right up into the listing goes live. And then we have our transaction coordinator who takes over from listing presentation. So like if there's an offer on a property to close. And then we have our marketing director who is all in it from start to finish. Um, each role is very, very much detail oriented. We know exactly what our jobs are. We make sure the agents know who to go to when they need that support on who's running what. <clears throat> um, so yeah, if to be honest with you, our biggest tool for the four of us to communicate and actually grow, we use a tool called Asana. Without that, I, I don't even know what communication would look like anymore for us. And is that um, that's Asana is like a project man? We use Asana too. Yeah, uh, project management yeah. basically, right? Yeah, uh, um, to do list checklist the whole bit. What other do you use any other kind of cool tools or apps or anything like that that are uh, that are really you know useful for you guys? We're very simple, and here's and with with the apps and the tools that we use, we've kept it very like Sandy. You know, you guys feed from a water hose all the time of technology. Here's mm -hmm. this. We're in this group. Use this tool. So I try to make it very simple for our agents because everyone kind of learns a different way. So instead of putting systems out, we have our CRM, which is Commissions Inc., which that is our main tool. Um, we utilize that at a very high level for our team. And then Asana within the administrative staff. For the team to connect, we use WhatsApp. Very simple technology tool. Like it's just an app for your phone. We send our group texts out through there. We celebrate successes. We have different groups within the WhatsApp for listing team, buyer team, um, exclusive listings, all that stuff. So those would be our three big tools that we use on the team for communication. Um, so what's it look like? You have all this support there for agents, obviously. And, and you mentioned that agents are essentially your clients at, at this mm -hmm. point, which, which makes, makes perfect sense. I mean, the agents coming on the team need to get value from the team in some way. Right. And I think That's for right. most teams, most teams, it's really the systems and, and the people in the back end that really are the value of, of a team in the end of the day for, for those agents. What does it look like uh, for an agent? If they have uh, you know, if they're doing a, a buyer deal or a listing, what does it, what does that, can you go through the processes a little bit on what that looks like? Maybe on the listing yeah, side so for sure. I'll, yeah, so I'll start with the listing. And um, so we take it right from the minute the appointment's booked. We handle introducing the client to the agent. We have like a template, an introductory email, depending on what agent's going on that appointment. Um, we put the packages together for the team. The only thing that the agents do is they pull their comps. And the reason why they do that is so they can research the neighborhood. So going into the appointment, they already know the benefits and, and are able to have competent conversations. And then they go and they crush the listing appointment. We like to leave them little motivational notes on their top of their file when they go. Basically, if you don't get the deal, don't come back. Um, no, I'm just kidding, they're nicer than that. Um, and then when they come back with a the file, we take it from there. We, we have, um, 
I mean, some people call it pass the baton. I think we're familiar with that through some of the real estate um, administrative programs we learn. Um, and it's just a tool for communication from us as administrators with our listing team on, you know, do we need photos, staging, all that kind of stuff. A little bit about the client. If we picked up any sweet little notes that we might need um, to know how to communicate with, we write it down, we have all that information. And then our administrative team literally takes that file. Listing goes live, listing is marketed, listing is sold. Like, I mean, the, it's such a streamlined process. I don't know how to go into any more detail other than the fact that these girls have it. They just do an amazing job at making it incredibly easy for them. And so the agents really have a lot of leverage there, right? So there are a lot of the oh tasks, gosh, yeah. like what are the, what are the agents doing? What are they focusing on typically? What are the main activities for them? Lead gen follow-up. And you know, like I think right now our administrative team is thinking for 2021, how do we support them more? Like, what are we going to do now to take that support to the next level? And it's definitely going to be in terms of like social media and marketing. Mm -hmm. So they have their main focus is their top five jobs, which is going on appointments, um, negotiating contracts, follow-up lead gen, and tracking their numbers. That's really, that's really all they need to do. So obviously, yeah, it keeps them in their top activities that are going to make, make money for the team, yeah. for them and the team, right? For everyone. Yeah, that's right. And, um, and you're taking away the, the stuff that's kind of probably not in their wheelhouse of terms of like their personality no. style and stuff, right? They're probably not the best administrative <laughs> paperwork no. type people. Um, and so you're getting rid of as much of that as possible, I guess, to make their life easier and make, make it a big, you know, compliment the team, right? It's team, that's right. team growth yeah. and team winning all, all together at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, what does your team do in terms of, I, I think we talked a little bit about this with Chris, but what does your team do on a, or maybe you do something unique with the the admin team there in terms of like meetings and week to week, what does the schedules look like for maybe, maybe the backend team, but also for the agents? What are the, what's yeah. That? So we try to condense as much as we can. So it's not really meeting heavy because the, the focus isn't for us to keep meeting. It's to go out there and get the business. So for the administrative side, we start every Monday doing our admin huddle. So what we do is we set up the entire week for the agents. So what open houses do we have? Who's doing that? What's new listings and exclusives? Because that same Monday, we have our team meeting right after. And we're able to say, here's the new listings. Here's the exclusive. The agents just show up and hear what's new, what's going live. And we have like a general conversation around that. We build out our open house pod, our procedures and um, all of that. And then Mondays are basically focused on the one-on-ones. So our VP of sales meets with all of our buyer agents and does the one-on-ones with him, with them. Chris meets with the listing team, does their one-on-ones. We, as an administrative team, we've decided we're going to do group um, calls together. So group meetings together, just because it's just a little bit easier for us. Our lives are a little bit busier and hectic on the back end of things. So we meet twice a week and we also do what we call an end of the day email for communication. So we sign off on everything we've gotten done for the day. So that way the agents are well aware if they've given us a job, that task is done. So it eliminates all the small little conversations. Um, in terms of anything else outside of that for meetings, um, now that we're back in office, we're going to start going back. We do script practicing on Wednesdays. We have a lunch hour of script practicing. So we're going to go into that as well. We're just back in the office now. So now we're getting back into our routine. Yeah, what did that look like for the last while doing a, you know, a lot more virtual, I, I would imagine? What was there? I assume there must have been some challenges. How did how did things kind of evolve or how did it change when that all you know, has happened? Because it was about six months almost, right? It wasn't like a, yeah. a quick thing. 
Yeah, you know what? It was hard. I think I you never want to say the best part about COVID or the good things that come out of COVID, but the reality of it is the good thing that came for us was the fact that it shifted us into the virtual world. We talked about it. We were like, how do we be how do we get better at it? But we never did it. So, you know, when COVID hit, we had no option but to switch virtual. And I think that elevates the level of customer service. I'm sure Sandy, for your team as well, like being able to take that second, what is it like an alternative to being live in person and that added value you bring now, you know what, you can't meet right now, that's great. We can actually do a Zoom call and start working with you. The hardest part for the team was the disconnect because we're all very close and we all feed off the same energy. Um, we thrive for lead gen because we're all together in the room. Mm-hmm. So it was hard at first for us. And we thought, you know, the answer to that would be, let's do a Zoom call every day, check in on everybody. And then you get zoomed out. Yeah. And it's, yeah. So we try to figure out ways how to do team events during COVID and being mindful of space. It was hard. It was hard. But I have to say, like, we benefited greatly because it built brand new systems for us. Yeah, it expedited a lot of things, right? Things were there oh, were yeah. maybe maybe a few years that that looks like it'll be good. It was like, no, yeah. that we knew that this week. Yeah. Um, what were yeah, and there definitely is a lot of positives there. I would say a lot of the positives for us too. It kind of helped us learn a lot about different people and all that, and, um, yeah. and and put in some new systems. What um, there's a like you say, lead gen is obviously a very important part of the agents' business and their roles. Um, do you? Like who actually holds them accountable to doing that? Is that just a team-wide accountability on it? Do you like take their cell phones away or take something away? Or how, how, do, you, how do you make sure they actually do <laughs> well, it all the time? I used to do that. I'm going to go back to doing that. So I used to do the accountability. Agents would come to me and like, Val, if you see me in the hallway, you send me right back to my room. And that's kind of like where the mom thing came from because, I mean, sometimes I would have to stand in the hallway. And here's the thing that a system only lasts for a long time to, you know, you have to change it up, right? So we, they would lead Jen and it was my favorite time of the day from nine to 11 every day, like just in their rooms, doors open so they can hear everybody talk. Um, they would do like little contests and kind of like um, compete against one another to see who booked the most appointments and that kind of stuff. And then obviously as the team grew, our agents, some of our, our rookie agents to our people who've been here for a long time, the systems kind of change for them, right? So their lead gen looked different. It was more focused on follow-ups, et cetera, et cetera. And then our rookies were hard, like they, that's all they wanted to do is lead gen. So we fell out of one of the most amazing routines that our team actually had. Um, I would take their cell phones. I would close all their tabs down on their computers and just leave the CRM up and their cell phones. We got desk phones for every single person on our team. So there was no excuse to use their phones. And some people voluntarily gave me their phones. Some people didn't want to, they would hide. Um, and then we have a, probably the worst thing we did, <laughs> maybe the best for you guys, is we bought a bell. So every time they book an appointment, they ring that bell. And one of our agents, Justin Swicky, has this goal to knock the bell off the wall. And I mean, he is going to do it. He's determined. Um, so just bring, bring the energy for them, right? If I can't be there physically to hold them accountable, how else are we going to be accountable? And we, after lead gen hour is up, people send in their numbers into that WhatsApp group, just kind of celebrating like this, how many appointments I book. And then we just celebrate that. Mm-hmm. What gets you excited to do that? Like what, 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 what makes you um, want to hold them accountable? Why do you care? Uh, honestly, I don't want to cry. Cause whenever I talk about the team on this level, I always get all um, sweet and everything. So it's cheesy. Um, I know what their big whys are. Like what, what motivates them? Like if it's family, if it's vacation and seeing them get one step 
closer to it is like it's awesome that's what motivates me is seeing them happy right so yeah so you've obviously as a team you've kind of obviously you know you're pretty bonded well and you're you're you understand what what people's whys are why they're why they're there every day and that's obviously um you know something that maybe comes out through just getting to know know them or i guess maybe touching that through the hiring process and everything too i I would imagine um we do now how do you build yeah we do yeah we do you know what it is honestly sandy it's so easy we hire like-minded individuals it, like we we look at the long-term vision and when we are sitting down and we're meeting with agents it's like like i said earlier you just know if you're going to click um mm-hmm. every single person on this team knows intimate things about each other like our families our kids names um we go to we go to dinners together and i mean if we can't picture that when you're in the hiring process then it probably isn't going to be a fit and we didn't do the big whys until probably a couple years as we started to grow the team when we really started to know understand people's whys. Chris has always made it an effort from day one to know what motivates people. And he's driven to fuel that motivation. He's driven to make sure that everybody gets exactly what they want on the team. And then we started incorporating the why and that's when it just became a whole new level of like culture and relationship ba- building between the team. and. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing right there is just having the same same type of people on the team. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's good advice. Um, so let's, uh, if we can talk, let's talk a little bit about like that, you know, hiring admins and hiring that, that type of thing. What what would, um, I know your team's going to do what, 200 plus 250 transactions, something in that range, I'm guessing this year. Is that right? It's better, yeah. <laughs> better, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so they're you know they're you know pretty far along. They're a few years into a pretty you know big business here. Um, some people maybe are thinking big like that. Some people maybe they're just looking to you know get to 40, 50 deals on their own with one admin. But what's the administrative like hiring process? Do you have any recommendations on how to think about that or how to start that process for like someone hiring their very first uh, admin yeah. role within their team? You know what? The very first thing I always tell everyone is make sure you have it in your budget. Because if, if you're thinking about it and you haven't done it, it's probably the scare tactic behind it is probably because you don't think you can afford it. And it's, it is an investment. It's, it's probably the best investment you'll ever make because having a strong admin, um, and I'm not just trying to sell going out, buying or hiring an admin. That's not what I'm trying to do, but it definitely frees up all of that time that you're putting into the little details in your paperwork or the paperwork itself or calling clients that you, you, feel you need to connect with, but you really don't have the time because you're focused on these other clients, they'll take all that stuff. And if you hire the right admin, like the most top talented admin you could probably think of, you'll never have to train them. They'll just take it and go and build systems. And you just keep looking back and throwing files at them and then just keep going. So what is that? How do you know if it's the right admin there? I think a lot of people, I agree with you. And I think a lot of people really seem to stutter with it a lot because they're they're either really worried about getting the wrong one or they're not sure like if it... Because a lot of times it's the person that person's maybe first ever hire in life, right? And yeah. so it's like, is it the right person? Is it not? What what do I really look for? I don't know. They've never experienced yeah. it, right? So any advice around that for someone thinking about yeah, that and, and like yeah, and take it, action? Yeah, it's it's tough too because a lot of the times, and I mean this nicely, please don't take offense to this, but a lot of time the agents have a hard time letting go. So you might have an incredible hire but you didn't know how to train them. You didn't know how to give them the opportunity to grow. And a lot of times they move on. They don't want to be in that environment. So they do find, and and I mean, I'm sure we've probably lost out on top talent ourselves at one point in time. 
um, because we are willing unwillingness to let go of things. The best advice is you just have to go all in. You just have to, you know what, if, if you're a person who likes detail, write down exactly what you need an admin to do. So there's no confusion on day one. And being open and honest about like, this is my first hire, we're probably gonna mess up and being okay to have those conversations during the hiring process, uh, going through career visioning. If it's your first hire, then I mean, that's probably one of the best tools you could use. And don't look for talent. Um, sometimes talent just finds you. But also I say, you know, like don't just look for talent in like Kijiji for one. <laughs> um, go to company, go like I use LinkedIn all the time for my hiring. Yeah, where do you find and, find people? Because yeah. you've, you've done, you've done, have you hired out? So I know Chris hired you, um, yeah. you know, quickly at that at that moment there at the start, <laughs> and then beyond that, have you hired others? Like, or has he done it, or has that been a combo? How's that worked? Like, it's not a combo. not agents, but the the yeah. staff there, back end staff. It's been a combo. So we've been really lucky. We've had a lot of people that's been within the company itself, and we've all kind of moved into the roles together. Um, but for myself, I found anyone that I brought onto the team, I found them via LinkedIn was always my first choice because I know that's a professional platform. So people are actually looking for careers. And I always say, you know, I don't hire people and I'm very front, upfront and say, this isn't a job. So if this is just a job to you or if this is just a stepping stone to the next thing, we're probably going to finish the interview because I'm actually building careers here. So LinkedIn, indeed, indeed has been really well. I find it's getting a little bit oversaturated right now, but still indeed has is, is been working really well for us. And those are the only two. On occasion, I'll throw something out on social media because we have a lot of good content. So using social media um, as well. Yeah, LinkedIn's kind of often, for I don't know if it's in the real estate world, seems to be often kind of forgotten in some cases, right? I feel yeah. like it's underutilized, definitely underutilized, sometimes completely forgotten. Yep. It seems odd. Everyone wants to be on Instagram or Facebook. And it's yeah. I think those are fine, but LinkedIn's got some amazing um, you know, ways to find people. And everyone's there for like careers and to build their, you know, their, their networks in, in the business world. Right. It seems odd that it doesn't get utilized enough. Oh, I use it. I use it almost once a week for all of our hiring. And then, you know what guys, like even for listings, put your listings up there because those people are also looking for homes too. And they're professionals. So they're usually a little more, you know, bigger net worth than, um, you know, the that's right. Instagram, which might be a lot, maybe younger demographic and maybe, you know, in general, yeah. there's people with money all over the place. Right. But yeah. LinkedIn for sure has a higher profile. I would say yeah. with that too, I agree. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your, uh, your coaching company that you're building out here. So you have a, um, a coaching company, elite boss coaching. Yeah. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Yeah. So you know what it started, I don't want to say by accident because it was totally a vision of mine. Um, I think it was a, a couple years back. I got to a point here at the office where, um, Everything is so systematized. The girls do a fantastic job. I it kind of felt like, what's next for Val, like on the team? And and we weren't, you know, we weren't growing any other departments or anything like that. You know, I had a good heart to heart with Chris. And I'm like, I think I really want to help admins. Like, I I have a huge passion for that, and I enjoy seeing them successful because when they're successful, think about the agents, right? Like, getting to watch the overall big picture of the success of everybody together. So. I went through the process of MAPS coaching and I went through the entire training. I was a MAPS coach for a little bit. And then I decided actually, sorry, during part of that process, we had to open up our own company within MAPS coaching and just become like a, our company would work for MAPS. So, which was MAPS great. Is, and MAPS is the, I know, what's MAPS? Sorry, yeah, MAPS coaching. So MAPS is, um, it's a coaching company within Keller Williams and they coach uh, real estate agents and they had opened up an operations component as well. So. 
amazing company. Like just, I learned so much. I built my confidence through them. It was just whether you're being coached there or going through the coaching program, it just, I, I can't speak enough about how incredible the experience was for me. I took an opportunity to really focus on Canada, though, to be quite honest. I My vision was always getting back to Canada and everybody who's kind of supported me along this, this trip. And so I decided to open up the company while I was at MAPS and then decided I think I'm just going to focus on Canada. And, you know, I, so I opened up my own company and I started just putting it out there. And my main goal is to help as many administrators build up careers, not jobs, so that the agents can just focus on their business and build a successful business out of it. Awesome. And that, uh, what kind of services are in there then? Is it, would you hire, or would you help hiring people? Would you help I like do. agents or would you help admin people only? Or who do you actually work with? Yeah. So I've added a few new components to the coaching program. So outside of just coaching um, administrators and brand new agents as well, um, I do group coaching. And as well as I do a lot of hiring um, training, I help agents understand how to do the hiring process and I provide them with materials. So like 30, 60, 90 job descriptions. And then I stay with them and walk them through the process from that the day one for the first three months to help support them in that. That way, imagine if you had to stop your business, Sandy, to train every single time. Yeah. Right? It'd be, it'd be more than a full-time role, for sure. Yeah. And I train people to the systems that we used that worked for our team. So, yeah. Awesome. So I think there's a lot of people listening and watching that probably could um, get some value out of that and probably might want to ask you a little more about what that looks like. Uh, yeah. how, what's the best way that they could uh, reach out or uh, get in touch with you around, you know, options around that coaching company? Yeah. So it's just Valerie at nightinrealestate.com. Valerie um, yeah. at nightinrealestate.com. Okay, perfect. So that's pretty easy. Any other, yeah. um, <laughs> any other um, big things before we, uh, before we, call it uh, a day here any other big tips or anything that you could offer uh people that are watching or listening around building a team and building an administrative uh, department you know what don't overthink it you know like don't slow down sometimes to like build out and that and we i'm telling you this from experience if you see the vision just go for it if you have the means to support it and the means to get there when you overthink you you won't you'll never do it and reach out and get support from other people who have done it, find out what works for them and listen to them. They're speaking from experience as well. And I think the big thing is just don't be afraid to grow. Mm -hmm. If you want it, just just figure out how to make it work. And I mean, again, find support. Actually, that's one before we, before we call it here. I think um, that's one thing that I think maybe, especially like administrator type roles, maybe don't get a, maybe they don't feel the opportunities there or there's, scared to do it but where else do you go to get information and get uh you know network a bit and learn about what others are doing what how did you do that where did you go seek that stuff oh my gosh our market center so administrative masterminds i mean what a powerful group of administrators their actual goal to go to these and, and i and i always say like if your agent doesn't want you to to attend masterminds um or learning events have them talk to me because i'll tell them what I took away from it and how it grew me stronger. So Chris never had to look back at the business. So masterminding with other administrators within your market center, reaching out to people outside of real estate, administrators outside of real estate, the support, the systems and models that people create outside of real estate can be taken and used here. I've actually expanded my reach because I mean, there is within Keller Williams, I'm not sure if we're all Keller Williams listening here today, but um, lots of great administrative um, what do you call them? Classes and seminars. You can find them. Um, 
but on a lower scale and local, your local brokerage masterminding together. Um, I created a little community of our administrators here in, in Hamilton um, that we, we seek each other for help. When, we have, when we're stumped, we go to each other and not, so not to the agents. Mm. Yeah, the agents aren't, aren't usually the best with that stuff, actually, are they? <laughs> <laughs> not only that, you just don't want to slow you guys down, right? So the whole goal is that I don't want to keep coming back to Chris with little things when I could easily get the answer from somewhere else. Resourcefulness. I know Chris is big on that word. So that's, I think that's a huge oh, thing to, to build with, <laughs> to build within the team, right? Being resourceful. Yeah. That's always a huge thing for anyone on a team, any, any person in life, but especially for sure with, um, you know, administrative roles, I think getting, yeah. getting that resourcefulness, uh, you know, muscle built is pretty, pretty important, I would say. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. Let's let's end it there. If anyone wants to reach out and learn more from you, uh, again, it's Valerie at nightinrealestate.com. Um, and I would encourage everyone to go do that and uh, reach out to Valerie. I know she's got lots lots more to share. If uh, if you're willing to reach out and, and ask, she's uh, always there to help. So um, really appreciate you coming on, Valerie. It's been uh, awesome. really awesome. Really enjoyed learning uh, more about this. And, and hopefully our listeners, I can see a few comments coming in. People are saying how... Um, pretty much just how smart you are. So um, thanks for sharing Aww. everything. That was, uh, that was great. And, um, and uh, we'll leave it there. And uh, I guess, thanks for being here again. Uh, if anyone wants to reach out to me, they can Sandy at McKayRealtsNetwork.com. And um, we'll be back again next week with another episode and uh, another great guest. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk with everyone again soon. Thanks, Sandy.